This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Andrew Giuliani is on the line. Andrew Giuliani. How are you, Andrew? Uh, Bo, it's always great to be with you, my friend. Always is. Andrew, so much has happened over the past uh, days in New York, especially with this immigration business. What do you, Andrew, make of now? Uh, Kathy Hochul is saying that she wants to end the right to shelter law and that New York is becoming overwhelmed with with, uh, migrants. At the same time, we have President Joe Biden signing on this idea that he's going to give tens of thousands of illegal immigrations government IDs, which they claim will be easier to uh, keep track of them. I find this funny about the IDs. The very Democrats that tell us, that we cannot use identification, IDs, to, for people to vote, are willing to give government IDs to illegal immigrants coming in to push them ahead in the job process. But now you have Co- uh, Kathy Hochul saying, you know what, the shelter-in-place stuff, we got to get rid of it. They're the ones that came up with it. What do you think yeah. of all this? Yeah, but I got to tell you, I don't think Kathy Hochul means it, to be perfectly honest. I think she's saying it because she realizes how unpopular this is with New Yorkers. But I think she realizes the headwinds are already there. She's already made the bed. Adams has already made the bed. We know Adams has started to speak out against this, but way too late. He's for 15 months. Basically, was the biggest cheerleader, was running, I thought, really more than anything, to become the presidential nominee of the Democratic Party, whether it be in 24 or 2028, over the last year or so. And now he's just realizing this is, a, this is an absolute disaster for the city of New York. Hochul's realizing it. It's a disaster for the state of New York. But to me, this is nothing but lip service to New Yorkers. So she can get up there and say, you know what? I wanted to end this. I tried to do everything I could, but the federal government would not let me. And as for these identifications here, you got to remember, New York City is one of those places. And I know you've covered this extensively. But New York City and the city council actually passed a year and a half ago that non-citizens, if they were in New York City for 30 days, could vote in their election. This is just another way to get these illegal migrants the actual identification to make it tougher for these poll workers to actually put it in. So you're trying to figure out another way to fast track uh, these illegal migrants, the opportunity to vote for Democrats in 2023, 2024, 2026, and in perpetuity, really. Wow. Andrew, I think you are dead on with your analysis here. You know, I didn't even consider that this was just a ploy by Hochul Mm -hmm. to make sure that she's sounding right on the issue, but she doesn't mean it at all. Uh, Great analysis there. Let me turn to another story I really want to talk with you about, uh, Andrew. This is Baltimore. I don't know whether you're a fan of The Wire. I I saw The Wire when it was on, and it was just like this it, that it was too real. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore is a lot like some neighborhoods in New York. Yeah, and the school systems 
This is from Fox News 5 in Baltimore. At 13 Baltimore City High Schools, at 13 Baltimore City High Schools, zero students tested proficient on 2023 state math exam. Yeah. Now, I had talked about this before when it was a smaller number, when the reports were first coming in, and I was amazed back when there was even one high school where you had not one student can com- complete the mandatory math work, not one. Now you have 13 high schools at 40%. Yeah. 40% of the high schools in Baltimore, not one student is proficient enough to pass the state test in math. It, it is disgusting. That's really what this is. I remember running for governor a couple of years ago and going to Laurelton, Queens. Uh, so, and one of the things that I specifically remember is going to this high school in Laurelton, Queens, one of the public schools, and 19% were proficient in math when they ended up graduating. And I thought, how could this be a system that actually works for New Yorkers? One in every five, less than one in every five, actually had the opportunity to, to succeed when they graduated from that high school. The fact that there are zero students when you're looking at 13 of these schools that are proficient in math just shows you how much of a disservice the teachers union has done to our public schools in our metropolitan areas all around the country. When you look at Baltimore, Los Angeles, Detroit, Chicago, and yes, New York, it is gross what they have done to these students. And then you add to the fact that on top of how terrible this is, they didn't want to come into school for over two years. They want to, talk about potentially masking our kids again, uh, you have to wonder, when are we going to look at this system and realizing it is a complete failure and we need to make sure that we are doing everything we can to give parents more choice in education. If that means tax vouchers, if that means more charter schools, I know charter schools are part of the public school system, but they have been performing better. But I basically want those tax dollars, those credits, to go in parents' hands so that way if they want to take their kid to a parochial school, a private school, a yeshiva school if they're Jewish, or even homeschool them, that way you create more competition in education, turn it into a meritocracy, because it's the exact opposite of what the teachers' union wants. They don't want a meritocracy because the truth is, if it was a meritocracy and they were zero for, for 13, that means zero students out of 13 schools, then there's no way they would survive, Bo. No way. It's impossible. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com. For all the great deals happening now. You know what? Uh, It breaks my heart when you recounted that story, because when you talk about Laurelton, Queens, uh, you're talking about the neighborhood I grew up in. I grew up in St. Albans. These are neighborhoods right next door to. So you're either talking about Springfield Gardens High School. You're talking about IS either 59 or there's another one there. Now, look, Andrew, maybe there's 156. Right. Familiar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, listen, when we went to high school there, my generation, these were some of the finest schools in the city. They were feeder schools, by the way, 
into the city university college system, and you had most of the students graduating, standards had begun to slip a little bit. But these were schools, these neighborhoods were solidly middle-class neighborhoods, uh, and, and kids were going on and graduating. They had college-bound programs in these schools. They had all kind of uh, uh, help so that kids that, if they needed remedial help, could get it. And they were producing uh, generations of kids that would go on to become either college graduates or definitely have a, a secure pathway to work. That has fallen to this degree in less in, in a generation is a disgrace. And and by the way, when I went back to speak at some of these schools, I, I got to tell you, Joel and I, when I was doing my earlier tour on WABC, we would go to the schools to speak. We were invited speakers. Mm-hmm. And some of these schools, the behavior problems were unbelievable. Yeah. You couldn't, you, you could barely even speak because these kids were so rowdy and the yeah. teachers couldn't do anything about it. And even in that time, but it is, it's just getting worse and worse. And we cannot, how can you have a successful country? How can you have people that grow up thinking that they have access to the American dream, that they have access to prosperity? If they don't even understand what the American dream is because they're not taught it, and if they have no ambition, they can't read, they can't read, they can't do math, what are they going to do with their lives? I mean, what you can't get a degree in 97 genders yet, and knowing what genders do, the stuff that, that we used to teach is important. It's how you function in life. Isn't that scary that maybe in 10, 15 years, some doctors might have been taught in grade school that, you know, gender is a construct. But think about what you just said in terms of going back and actually speaking to these schools. Now, you wouldn't be invited back to speak, James, because of your political leanings, right? There's no idea in presenting both sides of a political issue, or even more importantly, how to critically think, right? That is so important when you're talking about education. I want my daughter, for example, to be presented both sides of an issue, and I want her to critically think through that issue because that gives her the skills to be able to tackle the challenges in life, whether they're political or whether they're the actual challenges in their lives, independent small challenges that you have to go through that end up building up. I think it's one of the main reasons why kids these days have a higher rate of depression because they've never actually learned how to think through and these critical thinking skills that are so important, like I said, not just in the political realm, but really in tackling the challenges of everyday life. Andrew, I couldn't agree more. This is why I hope, Andrew, that your foray into politics. Look, we love having you on the radio. You have a career here, and you're great at it, and you will be an incredible force in the media if you continue in this business. But I'm going to tell you something, Andrew. We need you as one of the leaders of this country to move this country ahead with policy. So I hope at some point in the future you'll consider running again and winning and actually setting some of these things in place. This country desperately needs people who think like you. Well, James, that's very humbling coming from you. I know how many people that you've interacted with and, and heard, and, and hearing you say that really, really means a whole lot. Well, look, wh- wherever it is, you and I are going to continue our conversations. I absolutely, absolutely. love them. And, and I, I really, really, you know, as I look to the education of, of, this, of this country and these kids, um, you know, I think about my daughter and look, my daughter, we're lucky enough to have the means to be able to send her to the school that is best. But a lot of people don't have those means. And the fact right. that they're not actually executing these public schools are not actually doing the job for these kids 
it's beyond disgusting. And when they talk about real equity, if you want to talk about equity, why don't you actually get the standards up in these schools so that way kids can have equal opportunity? How about we do that? Amen to that, Andrew. Thank you so much.